welcome to another episode of the DC Comics Chronicles. As always, I'm your host, Adam. And with me is my co-host, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? What's up, DC fans? It's the man who teaches macaroni art at Arkham Asylum. It's the Emerald Enthusiast. And he takes such good notes in preparation for these shows that I've taken to calling him Savak because that is the, he's the, really the keeper of, of notes on all for the Green Lantern Corps and the, the Guardians and so on. That's, that's his new nickname. Uh, well, thank you very much. That is quite the compliment. Right, so there you go. Um, uh, th- thankfully, you look nothing like him, though. No, no facial resemblance. No. Yeah, I, I'm not sure my, my wife would like that so much. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know if she'd like that, that look for you. Yeah. But as you can see, uh, Donnie is in his, uh, his man cave of, of Green Lantern paraphernalia. And I'm literally in the Batcave because, you know, I'm the Bruce Wayne of this show. Um, <laughs> and uh, notice Alfred is not here again. Supposedly he's upstairs in the manor making uh, pancakes and cupcakes and uh, a big brunch. Uh, I've yet to see any of that, so... Alfred, if you come <laughs> down here, if you come down here with more of that cold soup, you're fired. But, uh, so, make sure you you, uh, you proceed with caution. Um <laughs> Unless you send Diana Prince down here, then we're good. Uh, yeah, but, give us some food, poser. <laughs> but in, in the meantime, while now we're I'm waiting kill, for, now I'm Kilowog and Salak. <laughs> you're no, you're Kilak. How would they? I'm, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a, a roll here with these melding of names. Um, Just like Ray said, I am all the Jedi. I am all of the lanterns. Yeah, indeed. Um, so. <laughs> We're here with another episode, of course, of the DC Comics Chronicles. Um, so, um, Donnie, usually um, we do a, a what you've been watching reading segment. We know what we've been reading because we're going to review those. Right. So the, the viewers will and listeners will find out as we review them what we're reviewing. Well, we could tell them what we're reviewing, but, you know. Sure. Um, so what, what's, what's the... the the books we'll be discussing today. We will be discussing Batman number 106, mm-hmm. Nightwing 78, Justice League 59, and what was the fourth one we had? Superman. Superman number 29, right. Okay. Uh, so that, that's the reviews that you'll be hearing and we'll be talking about. But Donnie, before we get there, uh, we've both watched... Zack Snyder of Justice League, which is the hot topic in the DC uh, uh, universe in terms of, of uh, internet conversation uh, the last couple of days. Uh, Steven and I will be going in-depth. Uh, we're actually recording tomorrow our, 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 our vidcast and podcast on it. Donnie will be uh, consumed with real-life uh, work, so he won't be able to join us given you know, the time he, Donnie works. and He has to get some sleep in. He's not a he's not a, a machine that can go without sleep. Right. So, uh, with that, with that in mind, I wanted to give him uh, an opportunity to give us his quick thoughts on Zack Snyder Justice League. So, Donnie, if you will, what did you think? Well, I was very happy to see another version of this movie. Not that I completely dislike uh, the first version, the theatrical release. Least. Of course, we actually did a commentary on that. You can find that right here on YouTube. And I talk about the things that, yeah, there you go. Shameless plug. <laughs> Didn't yeah. take me long. But 
to see Zack Snyder be able to come back is something that I think he earned. We know why he didn't get to complete the project. And lost in all of the controversy surrounding the various personalities at DC, both actors and people, actresses behind the scene, all that, is the fact that you know Zack Snyder had a daughter to die, and that's why he didn't get to finish this. And he actually put a tribute in the movie to her. There was a song that was a favorite song of hers. Yes. And... I, you know, I, my allegiance is not to any particular, you know, director and actors and actresses, even though I have my favorites. I just always want to see the characters adapted more because these are characters that I have spent over four decades with. And as far as the theatrical release, it's no secret. It was kind of rushed through and there were things that weren't finished. There were there were plot lines that could have been done a little bit better. This was Zack Snyder's vision. Now, I will say that the first half of it, I thought it didn't differ that much from the theatrical release. It was kind of Zack Snyder's lens that we saw it through. The, uh, the conversations, the, you know, the, the uh, dialogue was Zack Snyder-esque, but the narrative wasn't that different. It just felt like a different angle on the same story. But about halfway through, things took a massive change a huge pivot and we saw kind of a very different story that fleshed out uh steppenwolf a lot better much more so than this uh what 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 did they say in the theatrical release that he lived only to conquer well we got a much greater richer story this time out yeah i agree and more importantly we saw his relationship to dark side which is a villain that we don't know at what point or if there will be a continuation of this universe. But it's nice to see one of the most important villains in DC history finally get the live action treatment. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Zach did not cut my favorite scene, which was Superman post-resurrection. In fact, I thought he improved that for the most part. He did cut out the my favorite line of dialogue from the theatrical release, which was Superman pulling Batman close and saying, do you bleed? You know, echoing Batman versus Superman. I did like that. He, he cut that line out. But overall, everything just flowed better. It seemed like it was made by someone with a definitive vision. So I, as far as negatives, I will say, and, and just forewarning, I want to point this out. People are going to say, yeah, you're just a tiresome super fan. Well, here we go. The only Green Lanterns we saw was Yalengur in the flashback and one of the possible dystopian futures we saw a dead uh, body. We saw the dead body of Kilowog. Yeah. We didn't see a Green Lantern in the active Justice League. Okay. Right. Now, it seems to be that that wasn't Zack Snyder's, uh, his, his preference, but. With someone like myself who has been reading DC Comics for 40 years, it's not a Justice League without a Green Lantern. You know, there it's a character that has to be there. So, you know, I'm not going to say that I would put Zack Snyder's Justice League in the top five or top ten, but did it make it a lot better? Yes. Is it now top one of the top DC Extended Universe movies? Yes. It, it was really beautiful, even if it wasn't perfect. And I really thought, you know... the. The biggest thing that I wanted to see outside of maybe a Green Lantern being there was Superman's story being 
finished well without kind of the weird visuals and things like that. We saw the black solar suit. I really like that. I also like that he basically he beat down Steppenwolf. Oh yeah, and it made a great save and a great line of dialogue. Not impressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really had a lot of fun watching this. All four hours of it. So uh, definitely want to say thank you to Zack Snyder. Thank you to uh, Warner Media for making this unusual project available to us. You know, we talked about on the Marvel side of things, how happy we were that in the pandemic era, we had WandaVision. Well, it's very nice that in this pandemic era, too, on the DC side of things, we had something like the Snyder Cut. So, so awesome. thank you to all involved. Awesome. Well, well, well said. Um, one last question on, on this front. Mm-hmm. And Donnie, we don't know what's going to happen next in terms of sure. whether some of the uh, the epilogue scenes will be paid off, in, mm-hmm. you know. In, in, but if this is wildly successful for Warner Media and HBO Max, would you be on uh, on board with them restoring uh, the Snyderverse on HBO Max? I, I have said that I would be more excited about an announced sequel, a continuation of the DCEU, than I would be about the Snyder Cut itself. Now, again, I still think things are up in the air. You and I have talked about this a lot that we think there's going to be a a reboot of the Justice League. But does that mean that this might not have at least some short-term effects on projects? Maybe. Maybe so. A lot of people are reacting positively to this. Right. And by by that, what I mean is keep your plans that you have going forward with, you know, your... Mm -hmm. uh, They're opening up the multiverse with Flash. Right. So the cinematic side of the equation we'll see you know um flash um you know the 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 supposed idea according to the hollywood reporter that michael keaton would assume the, the batman of the theatrical mm-hmm. movies not robert pattinson's thing but but you know part of the shared right that seems to be an entity yeah. unto itself yeah right now so, yeah so you know, keep that Keep your Suicide Squad, your uh, you, the Superman, J.J. Abrams Superman, you Black know, all Adam, that, Black Adam. It's a keep all that the way Shazam Two, Fear the Gods. Keep all that as is, right? But what I'm suggesting is strictly as an HBO Max Elseworlds set of things to let to have Zack Snyder finish off his his take. If that was a thing, I would more than welcome it and. You know, there's a lot of things that they got to figure out. But from a storytelling point of view, once you open up the the, the multiverse, that's possible. So we'll see what how, you know, what, whether the logistical aspects of doing that can now work themselves out. Provided again that this is a success numbers wise and, and does mm-hmm. what HBO Max hoped that it would do. So we'll see. But I'd certainly be open to it if if that was the case. And it sounds like you would be too. Oh, yes, yes. So, but we, we will wait and see. And if there is any news on that or any upcoming DC projects, of course, you know, we will have you covered on the uh, Multiverse Musings podcast. Uh, as well as the Multiverse Musings podcast network, where we cover many aspects of the DC universe for you. Listen, two shameless plugs in 11 minutes. <laughs> You're on a good track. I'm keeping time. Um, yeah. But. All right, so let's dive into the source material, the comics. 
let's jump into the action. So full disclosure here, I read a lot of different comics. Usually with Batman, I usually trade sit. I wait for a while and get collected editions. But Adam harassed me and harangued me and pulled me in. (laughs) I said it's either you read Batman comics or the anti-life equation is coming for you. Make a choice. So it's still, again, it's still I'm green not in your room. We're gonna add a little bit of black and gray, Donnie. <laughs> so, uh, so again, I'm not overly familiar with some of the recent, the very recent events of Batman, but I tried to get a handle on what you we've do had know that, here. That Batman is Bruce Wayne, right? That's not a spoiler for you. Uh, no, not not oh, a spoiler. No, okay. no. Well, and I do sure. know about the the future plans. Okay. I just had to ask you a little bit about the background just prior to this issue. Sure. So. We know that Arkham has fallen, that there was a big explosion and a lot of people were killed. A lot of Batman's villains uh, died in the fire. Right. Um, so the fire uh, indeed rises. The fire rises. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not stand on ceremony, Mr. Wayne. Um, <laughs> there you go. And uh, actually, one of the th- didn't Bane get killed in uh, Infinite yeah, Frontier? He's, yeah, he's, uh, as of right now, dead as a doornail. Okay. Okay. So we see that Simon Saint is attempting to sell Gotham's mayor on a new group of peacekeepers to fight supervillains and other like meta threats. And now my question is: Is this the magistrate that we're talking about? It, okay. it is. It's the starting point of the magistrate that we saw in Future State. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like the art here, and wow, the the opening image of Bruce tied to a chair with his eyes popped open, kind of clockwork, clockwork orange style. Mm. Uh, that was pretty shocking. I mean, this there's a lot of you know kind of grim imagery in this, which is fitting for Batman. Right. So, uh, and last week, you know, we talked about the new look for Scarecrow. I I was actually a little confused. I thought this was. Because he looks so different, I thought this was Simon Saint. Obviously, right. those are two different characters, but I love this new look for Scarecrow. And like I said, I can't wait for McFarlane to do a figure of this. Oh, that's good. Oh, the, the, the detail is going to be awesome. So, yeah. And I like also, too, that we see uh, post-Joker War, we see that Batman is still operating kind of in a different way. And one of the things he's done is that he's his current more, Batmobile. More low tech, more low tech. Yeah, more low tech. And in fact, one of the things he's done is he's taking old, he's taken old parts of former Batmobiles and he's kind of fitted those into his current Batmobile to keep things yeah. running. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a that whole scene, the, the kind of car, car chase where he was chasing, you know, the thugs. Mm-hmm. That was pretty epic. And, um, you know, when you're a Batman artist, I would assume that one of the joys of taking on the character would be drawing the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and that's and that is one beautiful Batmobile. I, I just I love it. It's 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 got that. It's kind of like. A homage to different live action Batmobiles that we've seen, a bunch of different ones. Right, yeah, a combination thereof. If you look at it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which I like. Yeah. Um, we get some uh, interesting uh, things happening, Donnie, with Oracle in this issue. So, 
anything you want to speak to regarding uh, Oracle and her role? She's sort of. Yeah, I really do like the way that she's drawn here. I've got to say, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's an interesting setup too. And bat, they are chasing a group. What was that group that uh, that they were after? Oh, um, they have a name too, don't they? Yeah, and it's escaping me right at the second. Yeah, let me see if I can. But we see that Bruce is partnered up with Ghost Hunter in a diff in addition to Barbara. Yes, and. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting, and you also talked about the the kind of low tech way that Bruce is operating these days. We see that it's kind of, he's kind of moving from place to place, looking like he's operating out of kind of like a townhouse or like a garage of a townhouse or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty. And yeah, it's really inter cool. it's really interesting. So and he even talks about having you know, bat caves, like mini bat caves throughout the city, which is kind of uh, interesting. Uh, and harkens back kind of to like the 70s yeah. era of the comics where he had, you know, little uh, little mini bat caves in different places of Gotham, right? And I think um, it's... Did I say Ghost Hunter? I meant Ghost... It's Ghost Maker, isn't it? Ghost, Ghost Ma Maker. Yeah, yeah, Ghost Maker. Ghost Maker, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, it's 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 kind of cool to see uh, Batman in this light because he's taking it like he's he's got all the experiences of a Batman that's been doing this for decades, mm -hmm. but he's taking it back to kind of like a, a year one two kind of yeah. era, and it's kind of fun to see a Batman with that experience now having to go on go more low tech and rely on that experience. Yeah. And I, I like I like that he told Ghostmaker, okay, don't kill anybody. Yeah. And Ghost Ghostmaker was like, all right, I'll just maim him. <laughs> yeah. And Batman and, was like, don't don't maim him either either unless you have to. So. Yeah. Try yeah. not to you know try and just bring it just rein him in and you know, tie them up and leave it for the police. Basically, yeah. is Batman's kind of. <laughs> and and I, I like the uh, the art choice here too. Whenever the villains are cursing, the the profanity it's used. The bat symbols used. That was very clever. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did like that. That was, very, and I, it's funny because at some point I'm like counting the different bad symbols there are. So, okay, what word are they trying to use? So I'll count the, and then I'm like, all right, which word is that? And then I'll, <laughs> as I'm reading, yeah. I'll repeat the word. I'm like, okay, I think it's this word. So let me try it. And it was a word. Yeah. yeah. So can you explain to me real quick? And I, I know this, but I'm guessing that you you know this a little bit better. The unsanity. That's Which is what, yeah. Okay, so explain the unsanity here. Well, this is a new group that's popping up in Gotham, so I don't know much about them. Uh, okay. Well, no, that's, they, they're talking about the unsanity as in, I believe it's a kind of a new, like, philosophy. Yeah. That, that, that's what, that's why they're out there, and that's why they're in Gotham, is to sell this, like, new way of looking at things. Yes, yeah. So. It's kind of like, they're like a cult, kind of. Right. Set up. But, but yeah, they're, they're, they're fairly brand new. I've, in my, in the Batman leading up to, the Batman issues leading up to this, there really wasn't much about them. So this is all new territory here. So you're jumping in on the ground, the ground floor, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you know as much about them as I do at this stage. Okay. Yeah, it was really interesting, though. Uh, like I said, I like the visuals on them and, uh, yeah, watching Batman and Ghostmaker go after them, it, you know, it was a 
a very high speed battle on this uh um this kind of cruiser thing that I thought was just really interesting. And like I said, I like the the art here. I like kind of the little details like uh you know uh, like light flares and things like that that you see in this and some of these panels is really yeah. cool. Jorge Jimenez is is, is great. Yeah. So there's a little bit of an interlude here, and there's a rooftop. And who do we see on the rooftop? You know what I'm talking about? A favorite of many DC fans. Has her own series right now. Has her own uh, cartoon series, that is. That is Har- Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wait a minute. Catwoman, when you said rooftop, I'm like, is this a Catwoman joke? And I'm rightfully <laughs> through my... I'm thinking, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah we did see Harley. And she has kind of interesting thing you may not know about Harley. With throughout Joker War, she kind of sort of reluctantly teamed up with Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To kind of bring down the Joker. So right. when she's talking about you know them telling her to stay on the right path and and be more of a hero, that's what she's kind of referring to. Yeah. Um, I kind of dig this Harley because like she's trying to fight her own instincts. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of adorable to watch her try and be, you know, a hero wrapped up in that insanity that is her life. And I like that image of her kind of, you know, looking over the scene with all the cop cars there and she's obviously conflicted and she's sweating because she's been running and jumping. And she was like, how do all these hero types, you know, afford things like grappling guns and motorcycles without robbing banks every other minute, you know, (laughs) That's why when you're Bruce Wayne, that you don't run into that problem. Right. Uh, um, and it's it's funny because I think having her as part of a, sort of like an unwilling member of the <clears throat> of the Bat Family is going to be mm-hmm. really interesting to watch play out. Um, and it's funny because as I as I you know read those scenes, I'm like, man, I would love to see Margot kind of play this this version of Harley. <laughs> like, actually working together with Batman, that would be... Wait, wait a minute, you you were actually thinking about Margot Robbie? Nah. Uh, shocking, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it rarely happens. I mean, no, almost never. Uh, who believes this? So. Is my nose growing? <laughs> well, uh, no, now now going back and seeing this, now, this, this scene that Simon Saint is trying to sell, uh, the Magistrate Program, and it's, it's a... Uh, it looks like, you know, kind of a, at least partially robotic peacekeepers. Yeah. Kind of like mech suit peacekeepers. Yeah, the suit is more mechanized, but they are human mm-hmm. underneath the... Okay. Underneath the, 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 the armor. And it's cool because it really is the foreshadowing of, the, of what we saw in Batman, in Future State Batman stuff, which is, I mean, what I think will be the, the cool aspect now to watch uh, play out is how far will it get or will our heroes be able to do things to prevent that future from, from taking mm-hmm. hold? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, because obviously Batman is not, he's operating, you know, under reduced circumstances. So yes. Um, yeah. and, and, but, but it's certainly, like I said, I, overall, I like the presence that, 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 I, I like the the, the the sorry the interplay between Batman and Ghostmaker. Mm-hmm. I like the presence of Oracle actually being in Batman's ear and being you know yeah uh, doing sort of what Alfred had done for years. Um, 
and what temporarily uh, Lucius Fox had done during Joker War. Uh, but having Oracle be that person is, is good. And as much as I like Barbara Gordon Batgirl, I love her as Oracle. So I'm glad she's in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, again, and seeing Harley involved in all this and uh, how she's going to work as a member of the Bat Family yeah. is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that's where a lot of the humor and levity is probably going to come from, I would guess. Um, and what about that ending? Uh, two things about that ending. The news report of like people not wanting to live in, like they're, they're right. getting public opinion on wanting to live in Gotham. And everybody's like, are you kidding? That, you know, to quote Aquaman in Justice League, oh, that shithole. You know, <laughs> um, and that's echoed by the news reports. Is people are like I wouldn't, you know, you pay me a million dollars, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah, nobody, die. nobody wants I to live, live there. I personally live there because a, I'm the Bruce Wayne of this podcast network. But b, as the Joker said, if you got to go, go with a smile. And if if I'm kidnapped by my Catwoman or Harley Quinn, and that's the way I got to go, sign me up. Uh, but you know, <laughs> but that's me. And, and and besides, where would I? Where would Stephen make my coffee? Uh, Um, Speaking uh, of drinks, I I like the visual (laughs) of Batman and Ghostmaker like back in the the little like the bat bunker. Yeah, yeah, the bat bunker that uh, and Ghostmaker's like, yeah, you know, you're really gonna have to learn to clean up after yourself. And there's like cans all over the place, and we see the Batman's a slob. (laughs) Uh, I mean, see, this is what I have to go through. It's like I have Alfred, but he's not. Yeah, I gotta clean up after myself. What kind of gig is this? Uh, But no, it's. uh, and so there was that that scene on the TV. The newscast made me laugh, made me chuckle because that's the opinion that most people would have of Gotham. Like I can't see too many people, you know, uh, up, uprooting their life and moving there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also the ending where you have the uh, the mayor watching the news and stalking behind him is the scarecrow lurking in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. That was a great way to cap off the issue mm-hmm. I thought um, did you want to briefly talk about the uh, backup Robin story uh, yeah we can actually you know I actually really like that and and full admission I'm really not a fan of Damian Wayne but I actually did like this story I I gotta admit I wasn't at the beginning like, I thought oh, this kid's a you know a little little you know SOB <laughs> um um, no offense to Talia, but um, <laughs> but he's grown on me over the years, um, and you know he's gone through some things where he he's at odds with his father and the bad family, and and, and you know uh, basically the way he would handle criminals mm-hmm. uh, while he was the leader of the, the self-appointed leader of the Teen Titans. I didn't sit well with his father or uh, or his other teammates or the rest of the bad family, and they kind of set him off at odds with his father. Uh, and Alfred being killed and, and sort of Damien blaming uh, Bruce and the way he handles his villains didn't help matters between the two. So he's gone, he's gone back to Talia and, dem- and kind of demanded that he rightfully take his place <laughs> at the head of the League of Shadows yeah. Because I mean, Damien, you know, that's a, he, at first he was 
Then said, I'm, I'm going to be the next Batman because I'm, the, I'm his son. And that, when that didn't work out, well, I'm going to be the... I'm going to be the leader of the League of Assassins because <laughs> I'm the grandson. Yeah. Um, just the way, but yeah, so he's growing on me, and like you said, he's kind of growing on you because you like the story. But he still maintains that prick attitude because the way he talks to his mother, like if I had talked to my mother like that at 11, 12, 13 years old, I would have got a fight, you know, oh. <laughs> slap upside the head, uh, and that would have been the end of the story. Uh, but he is put in a position, a situation where. His mother is attacked and held at knife point. Mm -hmm. And then we see a black screen and somebody is stabbed. Right. Well, so, the, the, the scene opens up with yeah. it's Talia kind of. It's, uh, she's in Markovia and she's having some tea. And he kind of. <clears throat> oh, so that's who Alfred's making tea for. <laughs> no, no. And so Damien kind of makes his way to her by like overpowering her guards. Yes. Yeah. And then we see that, you know, that they're having the conversation like what you were talking about, yeah. about his past. And then they're, they're attacked by another group. Now, what was the name of this group? I'm trying to remember. Was it, was it not I, a... I think they're a new group. Uh, the League of Lazarus. That's yes, what they're called. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah maybe, it's an offshoot of, maybe it's an offshoot of the League of Shadows. Yeah, very... Like, maybe the group is splintered, you know what I mean? Yeah. Very interesting visuals. I really liked how... Yeah. Uh, it reminded me a little bit, and again, you know, sorry, this is where I'm going to go. When my parallels when uh, when uh, Lisa Drack had the the uh, the book of Sin the the um, the uh, Sinestro's uh, the the oath, yeah, tattooed yeah. onto her skin, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. okay, so yeah. back out of the Green Lantern universe, back to what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, listen, you, that's yeah, that's your your home base. It's nothing wrong with it. That's my wheelhouse. So yeah, yeah so the the League of Lazarus. And they show up and they say, you must be tested. And Damien and Talia fight against them. But we see at we see at the end that one of them catches Talia and holds her at knife point. And she says, kill him, kill him now. Yeah. And the image, and, and, and he hesitates, meaning Damien. Yeah. He hesitates a little bit. And then, like you say, there's an image of, blood kind of you know cut across a black backdrop and it says to be continued in detective comics number 1034 1034 yeah. Yeah. so um yeah be interesting to see how that works out so did he did 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 the, the question now becomes did damien do the deed is talia dead or did talia gain the upper hand and then kill her attacker. These are all things we'll have to wait until Detective 1034 to find out. But it's an interesting cliffhanger to end on for sure. Yes. Uh, and really to see where where Damien's at. Has he devolved back to a killer or has his father's teachings stuck with him? We'll wait and see. But Donnie, being your first you know, single issue Batman story in a while, uh, how how, do, how would you rank this one? How would you rate this one? You know, it, it's a good jumping on point. I didn't feel like... Now, again, I read Bat Batman on a regular basis, but I usually wait until a little bit of time sure. passes. I didn't feel like this was... There was so much backstory that I couldn't follow what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there, I had a few questions, but overall, the narrative was really good, and it was still familiar in a lot of ways. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, yeah. So, what would be your your grade for this? 
Uh, as far as the art, I'm going to give the art a four and a half, and I'm going to give the the story itself uh, probably four and a half as well. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I think I think as a long-time reader, I think it's a great jumping-on point for new readers like you alluded to. Uh, as, a, as a long-time reader, it's a great just continuation, you know, the, the next evolution of the title. Um, I'm intrigued to see uh, Scarecrow and, and him being used more. I think he's underused in comic books, mm-hmm. uh, so it would be good to see him there. I want to see where the magistrate, you know, how that thing unfolds, and again... If it ultimately continues to develop into what we saw in Future State, or if something like that's preventable, um, and I'm intrigued by the Damien story, so I want to see that unfold as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, for the writing, uh, the story, I'll give it a four and a half. For the art, I really, really like um, Jorge Jimenez. Uh, his scarecrow redesign is epically wow. creepy, yeah. And his Batmobile hit me in all the right areas, gave me the feels. So I'm gonna <laughs> give it, I'm gonna give it a five for the art. All right, all right. What's next, sir? Uh, what it is next is Superman number twenty nine. Indeed. Yes, and this seems to be hinting at the. There's been a lot of chatter online, and, and probably some of the, the DC releases have hinted at, we know that Jonathan is going to take over for Superman because in... In Future State, yeah. In, in Future State, yes. And there seems to be the uh, suggestion here that Superman may die. And this issue opens up with, with uh, John and Superman fighting some alien creatures that... When I first looked at the cover of this, I thought, oh, those might be constructs. But did they ever name <laughs> these Everything creatures? Everything is that's green. That is like, is that a contract? <laughs> uh, sue me. That's how I think. Donnie so, sees a green mailbox as he's walking down the street. Is that a construct? Is that a construct? <laughs> Where's Kyle? I know he's around here somewhere. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But... Um, these are a new a new entity. I think the first time we saw them was in Infinite Frontier, number zero. I think that was the first kind of tease at those. Um, so, uh, again, um, brand new, but the, the, the breach that they come through and their, their aura, I guess, if you want mm-hmm. to say, does, we, we learned that it does have an effect on Superman. And right. Are they the kind of... So do they have like a kryptonite energy signature? Is that why they, they're green? They haven't specified. Okay. Again, the beauty of, of Infinite Frontier is that it really it does continue certain aspects of what we were reading before, but it really is at the same time a fresh start with new concepts being introduced. So that's something that I'm in the same boat that you are. I have no idea. Right. You'd assume that there would be some kryptonite aspect. Yeah. But we could be entirely wrong on that. Um, but I do like the narrative here. It talks about, it's told from Jonathan's perspective that he talks about the golden age when every parent, when every kid knows their parents are indestructible. Yeah. And indestructible and infallible. And you see them continue to fight these creatures, but Superman actually does get wounded in this. Yeah. And... and 
And yeah, and as time goes on, you see that Jonathan starts to question about whether his whether his father is going is going to die. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, you're a father, so that probably hit differently for you as you were reading it. And I, I would imagine. I mean, oh yeah. For for me, I, I get his point of view. I mean, my parents aren't Superman, but but. But when you're a kid, you do think, okay, yeah, I mean, they're going to be here forever. They're, they're indestructible. And then as you get older, you, you see them get older. And it's certainly it rattles you. It changes your perspective. So it's, a, it's an emotion that, that, that I, no matter what side of the, the fence you're on, whether you're the parent or, or the child, you can certainly uh, relate to, uh, and, and it does uh, hit strongly. Uh, I think. Well, you know, later on we see the the, the Clark family, the the uh, the Kent family gather together, and it says again, it's being told from Jonathan's point of view. The golden age is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't last forever. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So, like I said, I, I honestly, I mean, I'm kind of a sucker for Superman stories. I really like, you know, especially the cosmic <coughs> Superman stories. And I, again, I liked, uh, you know, the visuals here. This is not necessarily my favorite art style as far as the yeah, kind of angular. Yeah. 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 But yeah. again, you see Jonathan starts to see, you know, kind of the, the flaws in his father, even though he's Superman, he sees that there are some vulnerabilities there, both, I guess, you know, physically and, whatever you want to call it, you know, philosophically, that he is still, you know, a biological creature. He's not a god, despite yeah. the fact that, you know, sometimes he's spoken of in those terms. Sure, yeah. And, and it's funny because he even may, eventually, you know, once they, they've clo they've seemingly closed the breach and vanquished the creature, um, Clark wants to, you know, take a detour and play an old game that Jonathan invented. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan's like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. And, and along the way home, you know, they have this conversation where Jonathan opens up to what he's feeling. And he says, look, when I was in the future with the Legion of Superheroes, I heard all these stories about you. And, and people w would look at me like I was you or, and expect me to take over the job of Superman. He goes, but you're Superman. It's not a, it's not a thing that can just be passed on. Almost Jonathan saying, I don't want it, want that responsibility because once I assume that responsibility, that means you're no longer here. Right. So that's the vibe he was giving off. And that's when he opens up, he's like, if those things come back, you can't go. You, you can't help yeah. stop them because I've seen you, that's when you die. Right. And, and you talk about a father's perspective, you know, and I, I read that looking at, you know, Superman says after that battle, you know, let's not go home yet. Let's let's play this game. Yeah. He was trying to assuage the 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 angst that was obviously radiating from Jonathan. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, again, uh, I mean, yes, there's the, what I like about this issue is it's got that sci-fi, the sci-fi aspect to it because we're dealing with two, you know, a Kryptonian alien and a half-human, half Kryptonian. Mm -hmm. And, and you know creatures from so there's going to be the sci-fi element, but I think that the balance of the the sci-fi with the human emotional element 
is what makes this issue so good. Right. I think. Um, and I got to say, I think my favorite line in this, though, was when, when they were looking at the Pinecone game and Jonathan said, yeah, you know, I this playing this game was a long time ago. And Clark says, not for your mom and me. It's a yeah. difference in perception of time. Whereas, yeah. you know, growing up from, you know, the elementary school years and the teen years, for somebody going through it, it may seem like a very long time. For the parents, it may seem like it happens overnight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I have felt that way with my kids. Yeah, and, and that's what and that's what it, what I'm saying. You reading it as a parent, they, certain things hit differently for you for you than they do me. But the same token, I just look at my nephew and nieces and see how quickly they've they've grown, and it's like, you know, just yesterday it feels like I was helping put you to sleep when we were babysitting you. <laughs> you were resting on my arm making my arm numb because your head is <laughs> I tell my nephew this all the time your head was so heavy and big that you made my arm go numb but and now you're this 13 year old you know punked in, the, in a loving way that thinks he knows everything and it's like right. <laughs> you know? yeah. so I could definitely see kind of both sides of it um, and, and again I think the strength of this this issue is the balance between the superhero sci-fi stuff and the human mm-hmm. motion. Yeah, uh, there was a backup, and I gotta be honest, I'm not. I wasn't too keen on it. Uh, I mean, Bibbo is a cool side character, but I don't know that I need to see the daily ongoing adventures of Bibbo. If that makes any sense. I, I thought I did think it was interesting, but it was only a, f- a few pages. Um, yeah. I, I should say this though: the main story ends up with one of those creatures does make it back through the breach. Right. Yeah, and it says, and forebodingly, next the fall. So yeah. you got to wonder: is that you know, are they getting ready to kill Superman yet again? Uh, well, I mean, the previous solicitations <laughs> suggest otherwise, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know, depowering we'll him in some way. So maybe he'll lose some or temporarily lose some powers, but yeah. I, I can't see them actually going full full bore and, and killing him, but we'll, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But next issue is going to be interesting, and this story continues in Action Comics. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but we'll be I will coming. say this: the the story Tales of Metropolis, the the Sammy Bazzari, um, yeah. Bassery. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. The artist on this does a really. I really it's did awesome. like the art in this. Oh, the art was so, fantastic. I did. Yeah. I just to me. I don't necessarily need a fill-in backstory for characters like Bibble. Right. Like, I don't need to see their continuing adventures. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, again, it was it was very short, and we see a villain called Deadstream. Mm-hmm. Bibbo takes a date to uh, to the movies, and this this guy is acting kind of very chauvinistic toward her and yeah. he gets in a fight and then the the thing turns out to the guy turns out to be a thing called deadstream yeah so so poor bibble yeah. is not even dating a real woman right yeah she turns out to be smoke so it, it's an interesting story even if not very long so yeah i mean it's interesting but i don't know like i don't know if it'll hold my interest long enough to like like i'll, I'll say this thankfully it's happening in a backup feature and not mm-hmm. I mean, like I'm glad they wasn't. They didn't put out a number one of the Adventures of Bibble because right. I, I don't know that that would sell well, <laughs> personally. 
But well, yeah. it, you know, it, it ends with, you know, Bibbo's a writer now and yeah. he's typing in his apartment and it ends with the villain saying, it's time to see what Bibbo, Olsen and this city are made of. Yeah, I, I, think, so. each, I think each back issue is going to focus on a different person in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. So well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like the image of, of Bibbo in his apartment and you see one of the things that's most prominently displayed is him shaking hands with Superman. Yeah. Because that's always been a big character trait. Yeah, is that, that, that would you know, be. Yeah, I, 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 no. I could see Steven having such a good time. It's awesome. We yeah. actually call him Bibbo on the Superman side of things. <laughs> Interesting. We'll see. I know he gets, he gets offended when I call him Jimmy, so maybe Bibbo. I'm not calling you Clark, so you can get that out of your head there, Steven. I know that's what you want, but you're not getting it. Uh, I still can't call when when they call him James Olsen on Supergirl. I just can't wrap my mind around James. I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. It's Jimmy. It's Jimmy. No, <laughs> no, no offense to the actor, but it's just to me, it's not Jimmy. There's something missing in that portrayal. And again, I think it's more writing than. I, I like that portrayal. It's very different, but yeah. I mean, I, we don't want to get off on a tangent here. I really like. I actually wanted Supergirl with him. I thought that made the most sense. No, like, yeah, I, if yeah. you're gonna do, if you're gonna give me, I have to give me a relationship. Uh, that's one of the ones I'd want to see. But you know, hey, there, there are shippers out there that want Supergirl with Lena, even though it makes no thematic storytelling sense. But yeah. I digress. That's that's yeah. neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Well, whatever they do relationship wise, it couldn't be any worse than her and Monel together. I just, I really don't see that. Even, but though, anyway. even though they ended up together in real life, but in real know, life, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. That's uh, ironic, and I like Monel in the comics. I just don't particularly like him on the show. But anyway, I, I digress. That's fair. I, I agree with that. I, so, I, I what, what did you think of the episode? How would you re- episode? How would you rate the comic? Uh, well, story, like I said, because it hit a good balance between sci-fi and and human emotion. I'm going to give it a full five. Likewise. Um, Art-wise, the art was good, but it's not my cup of tea. Likewise. Uh, So for that, respect three and a half. uh, That's actually what I wanted to say, too, was about three and a half. Again, there's there are people who like that type of art, and I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but it's not my cup of tea. I'm not disparaging Phil Hester as an artist. I can't draw, so for me to criticize anybody that can and earns money for doing so, would be a disservice. I'm just right. saying, for me, it's not my particular favorite style. That's all. Right. It's that kind of angular, animated type of style. It's not my favorite. I prefer more realistic or hyper-realistic art to that. Donnie, so. we live in, I, I just want to tell our, our viewers and listeners that we live in a society. We live where, in a society, Batman. Yeah. Where <laughs> I can not like an art style, but appreciate that artist's talent. And that's what I've just done. <laughs> You know, I was thinking about you saying when I was thinking about my notes for this, I was thinking about you saying that, yes, that not everything needs to be the greatest or the worst. There yeah. are a lot of shades of gray in the middle. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. All right. So there we go. That's that one. What's next? All right. So how about we pop on to Nightwing? Mm-hmm. And OK, full disclosure here. I'm not a huge fan of Robins when they are young sidekicks to Batman. And so I don't routinely read Robin comics. But when I read this as a fully formed adult, as Dick Grayson is, this was my favorite of the four that I read. I thought this was a really, really strong comic. Yeah. uh, Before we get into some details, I, to me, this was the book of the, uh, 
book of the bunch. Uh, yeah. They were all good. I liked them all. Again, <laughs> I, I, just because I see it, I enjoyed them all. So let's not get upset. Right. What I'm saying is, <laughs> this one stole the show. It was a scene stealer in that sense of the word. I, I just blown away. Um, and there's so much in this book. Like we get backstory. We get to see the first meeting of Barbara and and Dick. Right, and, and oh man, what an amazing scene that was! I don't know what their ship. What is their look? I'm gonna. I, I'm not a shipper, but what is their ship, folks? In the comments, in the tweets, whatever. Hardly. What is the <laughs> ship name for for Barbara and 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 Dick? Yeah, Brick. <laughs> <laughs> Help us out, young people. <laughs> uh, I, <it's, laughs> I'm not gonna see what I was thinking because we're making stricken with an R radio in a problem, so I'm not gonna go where I was thinking. But I don't know what it is, so tell me what it is. But um, like, I just love that you know they both came to somebody who was being bullied, defend, bullied. Yeah, I just mangled my words. They both came to the defense. Of somebody that was being bullied, and I love that because, in yeah, even as young people, we, we yeah. want to say here again, yeah. this is a flashback. Yeah, this is pre pre Batman taking them out <laughs> in Gotham City, yeah. and and you know, exposing them to the crazies of that world. Uh, but, um, and I, I love that because it, it proves that even without their costume and their training, they were heroic, good natured young people, and I like that. Uh, and that guy, the guy, the bully that they kind of double teamed. Yeah, his was name was Shelton Shelton Lyle. Who yeah, Shelton was the was the biggest douchebag. Yeah. of the highest order. Yeah. <laughs> truly. Um, she, she refers. Barbara calls him "where perfect teeth meet privilege." Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a good. Yeah. Um, so, and I like how he's like, "Oh, my father, my father's so well to do. He owns the police." He owns and the she's police. Like, really. Right. Who do you think? Who what said do you think about that, Dad? That was great. Just that's the perfect way to use nepotism, if I've ever seen it before. Um, yeah. And yeah. just to stick with the flashback for a second, yeah, the conversation between Alfred and Dick, because at this point Dick has already been adopted by Bruce, and is already Robin per se, uh, and. Dick knows that, oh, Bruce is going to be pissed off that I got brought back here by the police. But he wasn't home, thankfully, for, for Dick. And so Dick starts to go and do the, wash the dishes. And, and I, Alfred, I, like that. I like that scene because you see a glimpse into Dick Grayson's psychology. He still feels like he has to earn his place, like yeah. he has to earn people's affection. Yeah, yeah. And, and Alfred tells him that, look, Never mind what Bruce would think. I, I just want you to know that I'm proud that you you stood up and defended somebody, and you proved that a hero to be a hero, you don't have to wear a costume. Yeah, that that exchange was so great, and also for you, Stephen, because this is you know just, just as a side. When Alfred sees Dick doing the dishes, he says, "You know, that's my job. That's my job." Yeah, yeah with no attitude, no snark. Take a page from your comic book counterpart, you know, Stephen. This is really, I've seen the gifts you use. I, I don't like the attitude. Just went, uh, where are my pancakes? 
Sunday, I've yet to have pancakes. Uh, I haven't had a muffin yet today either. So. I know. See what I mean? Um, but uh, but in present day, uh, we get a lot of a little bit of John Wick action happening here. Uh, yeah, uh, we see a parallel between the original, <laughs> the flashback, and the this scene, which is some bullies chasing and tormenting a little puppy, and Nightwing takes issue with that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they literally kick the puppy. Yeah. Which, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not the hugest dog lover in the world, but even I get disturbed when I see somebody kicking a puppy. Well, yeah, and they tried to, they were going to uh, shoot the puppy too. I mean, yeah. come on now. Yeah, like, like what? Who, who pissed you off in your life that you that that deprived of any common decency? That you're gonna you know, and I'm just realizing too that it looks like the dog only has three legs. Yeah, it's it's very. Oh my gosh. It's an uh, it's an unfortunate yeah. animal, and so you know, Dick sort of um, saves the puppy and disposes right. of, of the of, of the thugs. But yeah. in the preamble, where he where he you know he gives them the banter, the, the typical Nightwing, Dick Grayson banter, and he says you should take up a, a different hobby, <laughs> and he mentions ice skating, to which, you know, I had a terrible flashback done because the thought of Dick Grayson on skates. Brings back that hockey scene in Batman and Robin with the museum, oh, oh and you know that movie really not only did it bastardize you know my favorite comic characters or one set of my favorite comic characters, but it also disparaged my favorite sport in the entire world. Uh, and I, I really have a lot of bad memories from that movie. <laughs> and I told Tom Tom Taylor that on Twitter. I said, you know, great issue, <laughs> really. You, you cause some problems for me mentally because it gave flashbacks. Terrible. Right. Uh, but but um, well, you know, our hockey team probably has has set us in that mindset right now too. Yeah, right? and it wasn't a good thing to want, to read after after the Leafs just laid a stink bomb. Yeah. Uh, but um, but anyway, um, the, so Nightwing, you know, takes the dog. Uh, and you know, the dog bites him because the, the the dog's a little anxious, so he bites him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they go to the doctor and, uh, you know, Dick goes to the doctor, the, the dog goes to the vet, as they, and the next thing you know, you see Dick in plain clothes attire walking back home with the dog. Um, and he sees somebody in his apartment, so somehow he, he leaps into his window as Nightwing. I guess he must have the costume under his clothes. He must have a Clark Kent deal happening there, because otherwise, how fast do you shoot? Um... um and then he gets basically thrown in wrestling style, a wrestling style hip toss, hip toss uh, by uh, by Barbara. By who, Barbara, yes, yeah, yeah. Who is there to do two things? Uh, criticize his security, as Nightwing says. Uh, what, like, what are you here to criticize my security? Um, and there's a lot of banter there about you know if you're gonna if you're gonna be Nightwing out of your out of your apartment. You should uh, invest in better security. Uh, and then she's there to give, to read a part of the will mm -hmm. and give him a letter from Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, right. And I, I would be remiss. I, I do want to say that there's a scene before this where we see the villain Blockbuster. Mm, yeah, I was uh, going to get to that. Kill, kill the mayor of Bloodhaven. So. Yeah, now Blockbuster has a past with Nightwing, right? He's, yes. He's, yeah. So there's history there. And basically, Blockbuster is essentially the DC Universe, or the Nightwing Universe version of Kingpin kind of sort yeah. of deal. Uh, 
And so he uh, kills the, the mayor of Bloodhaven, as you suggested, in a quite gruesome way. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he had that grabbing his face kind of deal. Like, uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's a huge villain, so yeah. he kind of just Andre grabs his face yeah, and crushes a skull. He yeah. does an Andre the Giant slash, uh, you know, big show kind of maneuver. <laughs> uh, and then he appoints his own mayor. Yeah, that's Melinda Zuko. Which has ties to, uh, you know, the man that killed, that had uh, Dick Grayson's parents killed. So that's right. going to be an interesting development. Yeah. Uh, to see how Dick Grayson's past comes back to haunt him. And how does he handle that? Because that's going to stir up certainly some emotions. Now, you gotta, and you got to understand, Dick Grayson seems like a, a relatively well-adjusted person who's moved forward in his life. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure he still misses his parents. Yeah. And still hates, you know, how they 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 they, they, they died. But he's seemingly well adjusted enough to move past that. Yes. He's not as tortured about it as Bruce is. Right. Yeah. So now with with a descendant of Zuko of, of Tony being the mayor of his city, how's that gonna affect him? That's gonna yeah. be really interesting to watch play out. Yeah, I, I am definitely happy to be reading this now. So right. now, I, I can't wait for the next issue. So now, Donnie, just because we got to touch on it, as Dick is reading the letter from Alfred, I mean, the general takeaway is Alfred's left him some money because yes. Alfred is apparently a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, evidently that's been a big secret: is that Alfred is a millionaire or billionaire, whatever it was, in secret. So and he's left bunch of his money to, to Dick. Yeah. But as Dick is reading the letter and, and Alfred's words are basically telling him how proud he is and how honored he was to consider Dick his son. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see from the art, you know, Dick is, has tears in his eyes. Barbara has tears in his eyes. God damn it, Donnie. I was, I was getting tears when I was reading it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, it, it was emotional. I was like, damn you, Tom Taylor and Bruno Ronaldo, the, the artist. You guys are making me damn cry. And, you know. Yeah. Well, he knows how to evoke emotion now, doesn't he? I mean, what a powerful. And again, that is to me, that is the beautiful synergy of great writing and a fantastic artist. Because they really brought that emotion out of me. And really sold that emotion. So, yeah, yeah. And, it and was, it, one of the lines that says, "Whatever you choose to do, please know that I am exceedingly proud of you." Yeah, I'm very proud to call you my son. Yeah, just yeah, amazing. So, and it talk- actually says too, I be, because I believe in Dick Grayson. Now, how how amazing is that line? I believe in Dick Grayson. It's great. Um, And I, like I said, the writing and the art in this story was great. Um, It is a much, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't a fan of this book when he was Rick Grayson and Mm -hmm. with a shaved head and didn't remember his, like I, that, that was a slug to get through that period of the book but man is this a breath of fresh air uh, 
as a longtime leader of uh, Nightwing, you know, the, the callback to, uh, what's the guy's name? What, uh, Blockbuster, Zuko? Yeah, Blockbuster, yeah. Zuko. Yeah. Those kind of callbacks are great for longtime readers. But as a newer reader to Nightwing, Donnie, what did you, do you think it's a good jumping on point? Very much so. Like I said, you know, I'm familiar with Nightwing. I just, I don't read a lot of solo comics. Yeah. Definitely with Robbins, but I've read Nightwing before. But to jump back on here, I felt like there's a lot that was familiar here to me. But at the same time, it's different enough to be enticing to say, okay, this is where we're going. It's something new. So yeah. I also need to call out, I really laughed out loud at the, the panel where Nightwing shows Barbara the, the dog. Mm, and yeah. <laughs> and it's got that heart, yeah. Yeah, it's got that heart with, with the exclamation point. Well, yeah, but let's, let's be honest. That's the perfect encapsulation. Because every time a woman sees a puppy, <laughs> it's the end of the world. Like, that's, that's all that matters. Everything else. I, I, said, like, I said that exact same thing to my wife about her dog. I'm like, this is probably how you looked when you saw your dog the first time. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so... I mean, we kind of, my favorite, I, 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 every image in this book was great. Oh, yeah. But that image of Nightwing, you know, jumping across rooftops and the whole cityscape behind them, that was just, oh, that was perfection. Uh, the, the splash page there was great. Um, I have to ask, because she doesn't identify herself, the last scene that we see here is Melinda goes into an apartment. Now, is this her bodyguard or her girlfriend or something? There's a woman there, a shaved head, yeah. and she's having a conversation with her. I'm not sure who that is. I would assume it's her bodyguard, but I'm not 100% familiar, so I don't know. Okay. But I'm assuming we'll find out. Um, it could work as either, though. You're right. It could work right. as a bodyguard girlfriend. Right. Yeah. But we kind of we kind of spoiled what our rating would be for this, but because we said it was the end of the best of the bunch. But right. uh, what would you, how would you rate this uh, story and our? Uh, I got to go five and five in particular for the story. The story was just outstanding. Uh, I love seeing that flashback scene and how it was paralleled with the modern day scene. Agree, agree. Yeah, to me, like I said, of the four comics we're reviewing today, I like them all. But this for me was the pick of the litter, the best of the bunch. And it gets a five for the story and a five for the art. The cream of the crop. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very much of my bro. So, Tom Taylor, Bruno Ronaldo, you, you guys, uh, everybody involved, everybody in the creative team involved. Pat yourself on the back, like Mister Perfect. Take a bow, and keep up the great work because we're along for the ride. Yeah. All right. Let's end the Mr. Perfect, dude, that was Barry Horowitz that did that all the time, right? Yeah, but Mr. Perfect did that too. He did that too, sure. He did sure. the spinning of the gum. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He did the gum. I actually had a friend try to, to yeah. I had a friend try to do the gum thing in high school one time in the cafeteria. It didn't end well. No, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. ended up trying ended up having to pull it out of this girl's hair. Don't don't do that. <laughs> That's why they tell you don't try this stuff at home. I'm sure she was thrilled by all that. I'm um, sure. Did they end up together, or, or were they dating? No, I don't. I don't remember who it was. High school was a long time ago. If you couldn't tell by the gray in the beard, so I thought that was an aesthetic choice, Danny, not, not age. Oh, sure, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, all right, let's let's uh, let's finish uh, the show with uh, the Justice League. 
we started yeah. with your, your review of the of the film. Now let's let's end with our review of the comics. So let's go. Yeah, I like it. so. This is was it Justice League fifty nine? Yes. And uh, I I will say this, you know, there's been a lot of events that have happened lately. There's you know Death Metal, Future State, Endless Winter, and I and yeah, I will the say events seem endless. Yeah, <laughs> to varying degrees, I liked all of those, but I do think maybe DC needs to slow down, at least with the Justice League right now, until some, some at least stories more in continuity. So oh, they are can... doing Infinite Frontier. We're getting that. Right. Yeah. It seems like that's something that they're building to, so. Right. So, uh, and I like the opening dialogue here. It's really powerful. It says when people, regular people, see us they see icons they see symbols you know we just talked about that with superman of uh, people seeing you know jonathan as a young child seeing his dad yeah. as you know uh, understanding that some people see him as a god but he sees him as a dad and then eventually sees him as still a biological creature with flaws yeah and this talks about how you know we're up there all the way, all the time, but I think that's just why the Justice League all, doesn't always work. Right. And I think that's why I like Clark revealing himself as Superman. People like him more now. And because, you know, he's humanized himself. Yeah. So, no, and, yeah, yeah, I like that. Dialogue. Yeah, it's... yeah, great bit of dialogue there. Now, the scene cuts to Kandak. Because think about it, Donnie, just before you, you cut away. Right, go ahead. As a reader, when we see these characters, we relate to those symbols. Like the Superman logo, the mm -hmm. Batman logo, the Wonder Woman logo. These symbols are known worldwide. I mean, right. even if you don't read a comic, you flash, no pun intended, any of those <laughs> two or three symbols to somebody's face without any title card on it, they'll tell you exactly who it is. You know, with no, with no, and I'm, I'm talking just the simple, not obviously not the, the full character design. Just right, yeah, e yeah, even the Flash. So yeah, so, and when we read them, we think about the epic, grand scale, you know, characters that they are. Mm -hmm. We don't always think of them as okay. Well, like when you read a Superman story, you're not thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what Clark Kent's writing this week, or. I wonder what what restaurant Bruce Wayne ate at, you know, last night. Like you you want to see what's Batman up to? What's what's who's mm -hmm. Superman battling? So that line of dialogue is is completely one hundred percent true. Yeah, and and like I said, I like that idea because we just got that kind of perspective from the Superman comic of yeah. you know of you know Clark yeah. being you know being kind of humanized and yeah. Jonathan seeing him as as you know a, a, again as a biological entity. The, as as a yep. flawed, you know, even though he's Kryptonian, kind of as a human being. So, yeah. 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 So anyway, the scene cuts to Kandak, and we see a little boy who is visiting his mother's grave, and then Black Adam comes along, who is drawn very well, by the way. Oh, I loved it, yeah. 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 And he's saying that he is visiting, what was it, the grave of his wife? No, his, oh, Black Adam, yeah. Yes, Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that was really interesting. And as Black Adam is having a dialogue with this kid, we see a villain show up. 
and attacks right away. What was the name of that villain again? The Brutus, I think it was. Yeah. Really interesting-looking character. It kind of reminded me of... Uh, oh, what's... Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, but uh, yeah, like I said, I, I really like this. Um, and he's uh, he, he had some kind of witty banter going back and forth. Like, he wasn't joking, but some of the things that he was saying to, like, Black Adam... Um, yeah. It, that's some power level you're flexing, he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had that smart ass. It, it wasn't joking, but they yeah. had that smart ass attitude to them. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and so then the the Justice League shows up, and we see it was a um, Hawkwoman and Superman and Batman and Aquaman. Yes. Yeah, and that's yeah. He says right here, "Call me Brutus. I'll keep this simple. All of this is mine now." And Superman's like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." And Superman just <laughs> wallops him and like but, you know knocks him. But, for a few but miles. I like how Superman's like, friend, you know, friend. This is not you know. <laughs> <laughs> Superman at first tries to talk to him. Batman's like, "Yeah, none of that shit. None of that. You know what? You, tell us, tell us why you're here." <laughs> like Superman wants to, but at first tries to massage the issue and and you know. Get the guy, you know, sort sort of relax and open up. Batman's just like, no, no, get to the point. Why are you here? What? <laughs> what do you want? And then they just like I liked how in the whole action sequence is the Justice League taking turns in the spotlight, wailing on this guy, um, right? <laughs> just laying waste to him. And Aquaman's line of dialogue was funny. He's like, anybody that can toss Black Adam around, I'm not taking any chances with. Right, and, and the way he deals with Brutus is, is very interesting because he basically sets up a big, like, kind of a wave that's a wall of sharks. Yeah, So yeah. Now that, you're having a bad day there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then the interesting thing is, uh, Hawk, are we calling her Hawk Woman or Hawk Girl? How was she referred to? Uh, I can't remember what, which way she was referred to in this comic. Right, so. but either way, she... Her mace has an interesting reaction when it when it hits him. Yeah, it does, and that's that's uh, that's a big story point here. She says, "Batman, I need I need backup. Something is wrong because it's 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 interacting with Brutus." Yeah. So now that seems to be a part. Of, Brutus shows up here. That seems to be a larger story. Is there something that preceded this? I've never seen Brutus before, so yeah. this is going to be... For, and I like the fact that when he sees that he's getting overwhelmed, he retreats. He's like, I'll be back. Yeah. And even Batman's like, yeah, this guy's going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to prepare. He's going to be back. And they go... That's where we go to the Hall of Justice, and we catch up on the dialogue that started the issue, which is a conversation with the team with Green, Green Arrow and Black Canary. Mm-hmm. And Flash is also there, Barry Allen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I like Brutus's line of dialogue here. He go, he tells Black Adam, he goes, "You know what? I was clearly ill prepared for this. I see yeah. that now." Yeah. Pause. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I like I like how also Black Adam's like, "All right, I, I'm done. we're done here. See ya." And he, and he looks at like, Justice League, and Aquaman's like, "Did he just kick us out?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like me. Wait. I understand, but Superman who kicks Superman out? Yeah, who kicks Superman out? Yeah, now what you're talking about there, back at uh, the Justice League headquarters, yeah, uh, the, Hall yeah, the Hall of Justice, right? They are looking at um, 
the mace to try to see if there was like any changes or anything, why it was reacting that way to Brutus. And they have an interesting conversation because they talk about how they've been around one another so long that maybe there's not enough difference of opinion. They've learned yeah. to kind of yeah. synchronize the way they think. And yeah. Green Arrow suggests that maybe we need people who are going to challenge us. Yeah. You know, maybe we've all been together too long. Which is where Black Adam is going to come into play. Where yeah. eventually Hippolyta will come into play. Uh, and also, we, this is a big story point. In their analysis of the mace, they discovered that the, the, the creature, the energy that he emits is from a different world, different universe. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts, then they start talking about Naomi McDuffie, and it cuts to a scene with her. Who's a, who's a great character, by the way. I can't this, wait to see her in live action. Yeah. yeah. With her displaying her powers to her friends. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, video, recording it, I'm assuming, uploading it to YouTube uh, or the DC. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, where those three people should be listening to our, our podcast. As they're doing all this. Um, but, and then, as she's in the midst of that, you have... Uh, Black Adam hovering above her, yeah. saying uh, a word. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> Naomi McDuffie, a word? Yeah. And <laughs> when that guy says a word, I'd be like, uh, yeah, I ain't going to say no to you. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure, what do you want to talk about? Uh, Whatever you say. <laughs> what do you say, sir? Okay. And it's funny because now that I know The Rock is playing him, I'm just thinking, I can picture The Rock in a scene like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm so intrigued about, about like Naomi joining the team. Based off their interactions, I'm gonna. It's gonna be fun to have Black Adam on this team. And well, I think I we saw that. We know when we did Endless Winter, the yeah, kind of things that yeah. <laughs> they can create chaos. And I, and I can't wait to see Hippolyta because she brings a, a different level of two things: badassery than Wonder Woman, <laughs> and also experience. It's a different dynamic than Wonder Woman. I mean, Wonder Woman's great, mm -hmm. but it's going to be a different dynamic with her. So the dynamics and the banter was great. Um, the action was great. I, I, I think, first of all, when he's at his peak, um, Brian Michael Bendis is great at delivering team banter. And it was on display yeah. here. Definitely, uh, yeah. And David Marquez on art. That entire fight scene was just a pleasure to look at. Um, and the other favorite piece of art that I have is the scene where he's hovering over Naomi, like above Naomi. That was mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Um, I like that perspective that they use there. Yeah. So I'm 100% on board with this new direction. Um, the, before we do our rating, you want to touch briefly on the, uh, the backup story, which is just... Yeah, the, yeah, the oh. backup story is Merlin returning to Caledonia, and yeah. we see that uh, he's he interacts with a servant who is guarding... What was she guarding again? Her name was Sarah... Go ahead. Yeah, her name was weird, but she was guarding the, what looked like the King Arthur's sword. 
Right. Well, yeah, Excalibur. Ser El Elnara Rashtu. Yeah. Say that three. Thirteenth night. Yeah. 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 And she's evidently been waiting a very long time. Yeah. And to return. Right. And then he, and then he shows up and murders her. Yeah. Right. So like yeah, that yeah that that yeah. was <laughs> that's 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 rude. <laughs> very rude, as the Flash said to Injustice League. Yeah. Yeah, so we see that that there's kind of I guess this like mystical like interaction between these two like th- these two groups from heaven and hell yeah. that have like basically exerted their influence on humans. Mm-hmm. And so we see Zatanna and John Constantine they kind of end up in that trying to figure out what's going on because they happen upon this like giant brawl. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta say, with Justice League Dark, it's a hard sell for me sometimes. Like it depends on the story, and the ultimately the team members mm-hmm. that are that are used. But this story, by Ram V, is the writer, and Zermanico, I think it is, is the, mm-hmm. is the artist. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I'm a I'm a sucker for like stories that have angels and demons. And also the King Arthur story. Yeah. So when you're now combining that in one with the Justice League Dark, mm-hmm. I'm sold. Yeah. And I like the little hints at Zatanna and John Constantine's relationship. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting to watch play out. Uh, I don't know if I'll start shipping them, but but you know. It'll be fun to watch and play out. There, there's another word that I used uh, via young uh, that I learned via young people. So, is it a word I want to know? No shipping. Oh, oh yeah, shipping. Oh. <laughs> my kids, my kids taught me that. I was like shipping, as in like putting something in a package and like. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> to me, the only shipping I care about are Star Trek ships. You know, the which Enterprise it is, or when Amazon <laughs> ships a package to me, like the McFarland uh, Batman and Superman from Justice League, which. Yeah. Will be arriving in June, which is way too long. But still, right there that, is. that black suit Superman is gorgeous. So yeah, yeah, and it's in my price range, which, yeah. which <laughs> some of the statues are not. That, so. that, that's yeah, that's important. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the but, things that it says here at the end too, I, I I need to point this out is that you see uh, Jason Blood, yes, aka Etrigan, Etrigan at, yeah. at the end, yeah. and although he's in his Jason Blood form, he says says something ominous here. I come bearing a task of my own and a message for for you all. We stand at the precipice from the edge of all reality. So I was like, hmm, that's again, this is very interesting. So Yeah, so like I said, sometimes for me Justice League Dark can be a hard sell. Mm-hmm. But Ram V and Zerenico have definitely sold me. I'm in, uh, at least for right now. Uh, looking forward to this. So Donnie, let's Let's do a rating. So how do you, do you want to rate it all as one or do you want to rate the main feature and then the backup or just an overall? Uh, let's rate, well, let's rate the main feature. It's hard for me to say. It's hard because it's shorter, yeah. Yeah, I really, like, I really like the art and the story, even though I'm not as familiar with some of these characters here. You know what and, we do? When we see the first arc of the Justice League Dark is old, like it's concluded, mm-hmm. we'll rate it then. How about that? Okay, sounds we'll good to me. We'll double back yeah. and rate that then. All right. But for now, we're just rating the main story. Um, right. So, uh, 
but for for if 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 Ram V and Zermana go happy to watch this segment of the show, we did like it and we are intrigued. Yes, so. very very much. And like I said, that that scene where Merlin kills her that was really yeah. shocking. And the the image of the body in the water, just you know, kind of surrounded by yeah. blood. I'm like, wow. sir, you're not the Merlin I remember. Right. He's a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah. What has happened to you over the years, over the millennia? Yeah. Damn it. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. So the main story, art and and writing. Uh, art and writing. I'm gonna go probably with the art. I'm gonna say a five. With the writing, I'm gonna say uh, probably four point five. Yeah, yeah. For me, the same thing. Four point five for the for the story. It was clearly a setup, like setting the table kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like the banter uh, of the of the team uh, yeah. and the, and the, the debates they were having. And I also like the, the villain intrigues me. And I also really love the fact that Oliver and Dinah are on the team again and are in the spotlight. Yeah, uh, they've been gone and and you sort of ignored for too long. So I'm happy to have them back. I also like that line of dialogue from Oliver where he said, uh, "And just to let you guys know, whenever Superman agrees with me, I usually don't care about anything else." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, that that, that's good. that's yeah. a fair point. <laughs> indeed, indeed, yeah. Um, and the arts. David Marquez, wow. Uh, he gets a, a five alone for that fight scene. So four and a half and five respectively. Great start. Great books this week, uh, or this episode. So uh, and let's hope the quality continues across the board as we continue to do these. That'd be great because there wasn't a bad, a b- bad read in the bunch. Uh, uh, I'm... I'm all in so far on on Infinite Frontier, the Infinite Frontier, Donnie. I really am. I, you know, I'm liking a lot of these stories so far. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be back in uh, uh, in a couple of weeks with, with some more books. Most uh, definitely. But until then, uh, we hope you enjoyed this. We hope you will go out to either your comic book store or your digital provider, being Comicsology and purchase some of the books we talked about and read them for yourself if you haven't already. Um, But until next time, uh, if you want to talk with us on social media about the comic books uh, from DC or Marvel, in fact, because we have a Marvel show, of course, where can they do that, Donnie? You can find me on Twitter as The Emerald Enthusiast. You can also find me on YouTube as The Emerald Enthusiast, where I do various Green Lantern and comic book-related reviews. Perfect. And you can find me at Adam underscore Lee's fan. That's my solo Twitter, my the, the Twitter for the uh, podcast, Vidcast Network is at MMNPDC. We also have a Facebook page, which is in the description below. Click on it. I will add you and we can continue the conversation there. But until next time, as I said before, support the comic book industry. Most definitely. Physical or digital media. And remember that DC Comics is forever. From the first issue to the last. So long, everybody. So long, everybody.